0: I'm quite convinced that the Fed is going to continue to raise rates uh, slowly but steadily just because I feel like they have no choice. They've got Mm -hmm. to get the rates up as high as possible so that by the time there truly is an economic downturn, they'll have as much padding as possible to be able to come back down and help during a recession.
1: Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's guide to U.S. real estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day guys, welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the U.S. We're coming to you live from the Intelligent Investor Real Estate Conference here in Marina del Rey. And sitting next to me is a mate that I've known for a couple of years now, a really good guy. He's a, you know, I want to play up too much, but Jeremy Roll, welcome to the show, welcome to the live podcast, my second live podcast. and. Uh, how are you doing what's been happening
0: i'm doing well thank you for having us here uh thank you for coming to the conference and this is actually my first ever facebook live and live interview so <laughs> live and live right <laughs> yes actually second live interview first first ever facebook live
1: i know well so. I, I've, I've been doing it i've done it once here and um but i want to before we dive in you, you have been on my show before I, I, have yes. to, I think it's back in like episode 60 or 61 um you're a really really intelligent guy and you, you have a huge following but I, before we get into the state of the economy I really want to ask you about the journey of putting this event on because you're', you're you are what's what this event is on for right and you want to talk a little bit about Phoebe uh, for investor by investor and how it's all come to accumulate in this incredible you know conference the Intel inte, uh, intellectual yes. was it intelligent, intelligent investor real yes, estate yes, conference yes, yes. yes
0: thank you for having me again so um Let's see. Um, Foreign Investors my Investors, or FIBI, I co-founded with one other person, Ellis San Jose, in 2007. And essentially, I was networking between 2002 and 2007 in LA. And the reason why we started this is because all, during all that networking, I met a ton of great people and I went to a lot of good meetings, but frankly, some of them were sales pitches and some of them weren't. And in the sales pitches, I would literally bring work and folders from work, sit in the back row, do two hours of work, and then wait till the end to network with people. And the day I was out of the corporate world, like within the first couple of weeks, I went to a networking meeting and, and I was sitting there and I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't have work anymore. I like got out of core corporate from the cash flow and I was like, well, now I'm going to waste two hours in a sales pitch. I could just start my own meetings for two hours. So that's how Phoebe kind of started with Ellis and we're actually a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. A whole mantra is that we have a core foundation where there's no sales pitch. Um, we're mostly in Southern California and um, in LA and Orange County. and um, We're just hardcore about the no sales pitch. Every chapter leader we have, we've known for years. We don't just take on random people. They're real estate experts, and we know they're not going to sell. We now have what's been since 07, so we've got over 30,000 registered users. Wow. Yeah, and the whole thing behind this conference is that we've been wanting to put on a conference for L.A., with the whole non-sales pitch mantra for years, but we lose money on Phoebe every year. But we, we love doing it just for the networking and to bring everybody together and for all the learning. And um, we had no way of doing this conference because we had no way to execute. We're all too busy. We're not gonna make, you know, we we're, we can't pay ourselves a salary to work on the conference. And frankly, we're too busy. So um, a few years later, we were, um, talking to a bunch of people and we ended up c- partnering with Cashflow Connections, yep. Hunter Thompson. Hunter Thompson. So Hunter came in and said, look, we'll do the execution work. Mm-hmm. We, we basically marketed this first one, probably mostly to Phoebe. Um, if hopefully we'll do another one next year and it'll be a little bit wider marketing and maybe even market out of state. This has been more of a local marketed conference for this year. And we just basically tried to put on a conference that had the best content possible and hopefully some really good networking, no sales pitch. Yep. Um, and so that's how, this has so been years in the making. It was really only possible because Hunter really stepped up and was willing to do the
1: execution. And David Ko from our team also stepped up and partnered with him to do it. So that's, that's incredible. And yeah. And just for, for everyone's context out there, you've got how many chapters here in LA? So
0: we have so we have many chapters and some of them are dormant. So <laughs> we have probably had over 15 chapters over the years. But the thing is, is that right now we have, I think, seven active chapters. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because when we lose a chapter leader, which is gonna happen at some point in, in life, we don't. We're not just looking to replace them with random person. Just get someone in there. We right. have to take someone right. known for years. So most of our chapters get shut shut down to remain dormant until we find the right person to pick it up again, which could be years later. Sure, sure. So we have a whole bunch of dormant chapters, and we have a whole bunch
1: of live chapters. Well, I so. I, I do remember the first time I moved to LA back in 2014. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I came to literally. I think. Uh, the, uh, the Culver City one, or uh, maybe it was not Culver City. One, one of your, one of the F, uh, F, 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 F investor, buy investor. I remember meeting Matt. Maybe it was a Long Beach one. Okay, and and I, I think you were speaking, and I just, I just remember that. Wow, this is incredible. Journey and learning, and then I went to this summer networking that you you, you guys put on uh, the, the the drinks one that the at the end of the, every um, oh so we do like a semi annual networking event yeah, exactly. yeah that's an all chapter event that I, so. I, and it was just great as people were there and everyone was just there to, to learn there's no pitching and it was just everyone was just networking and I and I truly admire you guys and, and applaud you for how much work you've done in the local Southern California community to enrich people uh, educate them and try not give them a sales pitch because a lot of people go to these seminars and they're just like oh gosh here's another guy flogging his you know what you know yeah. and, and it, it, it gets a little bit much but I think with when you're leading with education first you then become the thought leader and then through being the thought leader and you don't have anything to sell then people just respect you for who you are right and they want to hear what you have to say so
0: yeah and it's funny because people would come up to me in the first couple of years where the meetings were much smaller there's a uh, conference room I used to rent and um, they just didn't they didn't understand the whole networking principle and right. the fact that like we could lose money on a meeting, but it's the longer term networking and everything. And so people would not believe me. They they were just so skeptical that how are you not selling? Like, I don't understand this.
1: Are you losing money? Like what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and
0: they, they thought there was some angle they were missing on it. Right, and it's just right. not, you know, we actually lose money every year from Phoebe. We're still happy to put it on because it's still manageable. Yeah. We're going to lose money at this conference. Oh we are honestly, but I just, all I really care about is that people are going to have a really good networking and learning experience. Right. Um, and hopefully in the next year, maybe we'll be able to bring even
1: I don't know. That's that's um, awesome. And it's but it, I think to the core of your value, it's all about abundance mindset, right? And yes. It, it's about leading with that, and I just. You know, we're talking a little bit offline in the green room about, about how you wanted to make sure everyone's having a great time here. And, you know, the first time you have a conference, there's always going to be kinks and bumps, but the fact is that you're still there, you're doing it, you're making it happen, and, you know, well done. So, oh, thank you. Well, we'll see. We still got, <laughs> we still got another day to see how still it goes. got another, another day. <laughs> but I wanted to get into, you know, you were on stage speaking a little bit before about the state of the economy. And, yeah. I, and I want to speak maybe for, for 10, 15 minutes just about, where you think we are. We've just had the midterm elections, you know, the the Treasury's spiking like crazy. I think at the end of last month, it jumped like 20 basis points. But do you want to maybe break it down to where, and I have a bunch of questions, but maybe just give me your high 30,000 foot level of where you think the economy is right now. What are you doing in order to your vision for the future and, and how you're be remaining safe. And, and what do you, where do you think we're at in in, in the, the innings, so they would like yeah, say. Sure. Yeah, sure, the
0: innings, yeah. The innings are always very hard to <laughs> forecast. And it's very dangerous to actually make any forecast. Right, yeah, 100%. That's for sure. Um, first thing I'll say is that I'm quite convinced that the Fed is going to continue to raise rates uh, slowly but steadily just because I feel like they have no choice. They've got mm-hmm. to get the rates up as high as possible so that by the time there truly is an economic downturn, they'll have as much padding as possible to be able to come back down and help during a recession, that's number one. Like I, I, I really don't think that any of these stock market pullbacks are going to cause the Fed to slow down. I just feel like they're now on this, just like kind of like blinders on. We just have to get this done. That's <laughs> that's just my opinion. I could end up being wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, number two is. Um, I feel like the Trump tax cuts that happened have actually allowed the economy to go on for a little longer. It's been very as of next summer this will be the longest cycle recorded in kind of modern times. And um, I feel like that's kind of enabled us to go on longer. So I think that some of the there's some wild cards left, like if there's another tax cut in some other way that could you know, but but barring all that, I think that there's gonna be a slowdown in nineteen mm-hmm. and possibly leading to a recession at some point in nineteen or twenty, probably more twenty. Um, but again, there's a lot of factors that can extend that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't think it's gonna get a Senate. I feel like there's, all the angles are done, like Feds raising, uh, you know, tax cuts are done, now there's a split House Senate. So like, you know, I just don't feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot less opportunity for it to be extended further. Got it. So that's what I'm expecting next couple years. You know, I'm very low risk. I'm kind of a low risk, more predictability, cash flow type investor and more Mm -hmm. stabilized assets. Mm -hmm. And with that, I am not going to say I'm fully on the sidelines because I never am, but I'm only looking for unique Deals a unique pricing where it's like a no-brainer, so to speak. Otherwise, I'm on the sidelines quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, still doing some stuff, some weird stuff or odd stuff that comes up. But um, really waiting for a, a downturn, to right. be honest.
1: And, and given that the longest cycle, everyone's talking about the longest cycle, the longest innings, the ninth innings, the twentieth in, whatever, whatever innings. It's like, what, what, right. do you think are we with with your expertise? Do you think we're going to talk ourselves into a recession at all?
0: By the way, that I am absolutely convinced that the media easily leads the way on that so for example there's been a lot of these uh you guys may have noticed that there's been a lot of um negative housing um, right like but all of a sudden
1: like oh it's, it's softening you know <laughs>
0: all of a sudden and it, it's been really um, concentrated it's mm-hmm. been everybody's given the same report you almost start to wonder like you know is it the media is just trying not not trying to change the sentiment but I so I don't invest in stocks, but mm-hmm. I follow the stock market for sentiment. I am right. a huge believer in sentiment because sentiment can switch things. You know, look at the way the housing market crashed last cycle. Mm-hmm. There was a just a huge change in sentiment very very quickly, right? So, um, and, and, I'm, and just
1: I'm going to drill down a bit. Sentiment meaning what? Like so, consumer although, sentiment. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. consumer
0: sentiment. Thank you for clarifying that. So. Um, I absolutely believe that sentiment could swing things very quickly, Mm -hmm. um, especially in the stock market. And real estate's more slower moving, but for sure. And I, I, so it's funny because as soon as I saw those articles recently, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Maybe, if if media continues to steadily report the negativity, for sure it's going to permeate it to people's opinions. Yes, yes. So that's going to change sentiment. Right. So I think that we could be at the beginning of that real big shift. But, you know, it's hard to say you got to give it like a few months.
1: Yeah. You know, but but it's also interesting that you bring up the the sentiment value because with with the Fed's raising rates, the short term lending is becoming more expensive, right? Affordability. So someone who want, you know, you look at like everyone looks at single family housing stock and and, and how things, the prices are going. And really that is sort of the litmus test if you want to say back to the media saying, oh, well, look, oh, mayday, mayday, mayday. But... With the Feds keep raising that short-term rate, people are like, well, hang on, I can't afford that that mortgage. Right. I can't overpay for that single-family house. And then everyone's saying, oh, crap, markets are easing and we can't. So do you want to talk just a little bit about the correlation between what we should look out for in the stock market but that will affect ultimately the real estate? And, and the second question to that is, do you think we're going to have as much of a downturn? Like we did in two thousand and eight. So first question first, and then second okay. question. Yeah.
0: So for the first question, I think I invest a lot in commercial real estate. That's very different than residential. Right. And so, I would say that I, I would actually, um, it's two different discussions. I think sure. different. Okay. So I want to like parse them out. Yeah. So so for single family investors and the stock market, when they down when they go down can be completely different. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so, for single family, to your point, I think it's going to be affordability, interest rates continue to increase, and then there's shift in sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to keep it, uh, there's a lot, we could talk yeah. about a whole different bunch of variables, <laughs> but to keep it somewhat simple. Sure. With commercial estate, I think that's going to be more tied to the stock market, okay. which reflects the economy, which, you know, so some retail strip center that somebody owns, or industrial building, or an office building, they're tied to... Business is doing well right. and being able to pay the rent. Right. Well, well. When there's a recession, an economic recession, businesses don't do as well. They're going to vacate. That increases inventory, mm-hmm. which, assuming same demand or lower demand, rents go down because there's more inventory, there's right. more vacancy. Right. So, I feel like um, you can watch. I would watch the stock market almost for like a leading indicator as to what's going to happen with companies, which then will, it's a a domino effect, right? It's like a string of events, which then will spill over into commercial. What I will say too, I want to add in is one of the things I typically watch the closest is the yield curve to predict when the stock market may ultimately uh, come down um, and when there's going to be a recession. And so... That will typically give, most commonly 12 to 24 months. month, it could be six to 18, 12 to 24, but um, that to me right now is the number one. So that indicator alone tells me there probably won't be a recession
1: in 2019 at this point. Okay, so um, to, to just on that, and we'll get back to that other question I was gonna say, but yeah. the, the, the yield curve, that's an interesting thing that you bring up where you i haven't looked at it recently but where are you seeing it is it plateauing is it
0: no so if, if you look at like kind of like a really high level longer term chart mm-hmm. essentially and you just draw like a straight line because interestingly enough like it definitely zigzags, but you could put a pretty good um, line of best fit into yep. it it looks as though it will probably invert in the first quarter of 2019 if not by the end of the year and and by the way there's a is like a yeah, 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 straight yeah, line yeah, yeah. okay so if that actually happens then you've got that uh, lead time at that got point it. got it got it so.
1: okay that, that, that's a very good and, and for everyone listening out there it's like looking at the yield curves, it's interesting to get into your brain to understand just how... Because you're, you're one of the most conservative investors I probably know personally, right? Yeah. And, and that's a good thing, but it's also understanding how you um, think, right? And if I understand how you tick, then I can also bring it into my business and listeners can also bring it into their business. Um, but with the whole doom and gloom of, of the recession again, do you think we're going to have as big of a crash as what we had in 2008? Yeah, sorry, that was your other question. Yeah.
0: Um, so I would say... Um, you're referring to commercial or residential or both?
1: Let's let's do commercial because we're, we're both in commercial, and then you know let's talk about the average Joe who's in the the resi space and looking okay. to looking to get a mortgage and get their first house and all that sort of stuff. Okay. So for commercial, what's happened in commercial is that there has been
0: a huge cap rate compression across a lot of asset classes, and I'm going to use a couple that are a little bit more. Well, let's let's use mobile home parks. Sure. Okay. And for those of you, maybe some of your listeners don't invest in mobile home parks, but um, I invest across like pretty much all asset classes except for hotels mobile home parks have come from like a 10 to 13 cap world in like a three-star park which is kind of a class B park Mm -hmm. to a five to six cap world at the moment Um, and and that's by the way more like a secondary market not in LA necessarily so what that tells me the pendulum has swung tremendously and has much more way to swing back. Got it. All right. So each class, asset class, is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I will say though is that the average asset class to me has had a huge cap rate compression, and therefore has a massive amount. All of, of them. Yes. Right. All of them. Yes. I mean, they're all different, and right. some of them actually like. Realty, retail strip centers probably arguably peaked one to two years ago and their, their experience is that you can get a nine cap on a class B building right. people just don't know where that whole space is going uh, self storage probably peaked about a year and a half ago in my experience and um,
1: multifamily about two years ago probably
0: um, I would say one to two years ago although I, I would argue even still like prices are still going up mm. so um, yeah so um, but the point is that I think on commercial, there's a lot of way to go as far as a correction um, in asset prices. In terms of the swing back, it's right? swing back. That,
1: that, pe- that pendulum swinging back. Exactly.
0: Yeah. With residential, um, the affordability yeah. level, and it, there's exceptions. There's you know there's uh, San Francisco, Seattle, New Denver, York. Denver. There's a few yeah. select markets, in New York. But on average, the affordability um, compared to last time hasn't crunched as much. Um, yeah. So. That's because so the pendulum hasn't swung as much on single fam on average. Right. So on average, it's probably not going to swing back as much. Um, and so I mean, the easier way to say it is that we haven't had the same type of loans, which haven't allowed it to swing as much. Right. That didn't enable that additional Thanks. swing. Got it. So because we haven't had that additional swing, it's not going to come back
1: as much. So you, you bring up an interesting point that you know, it's, it's all about you know, New, Newton's law. Like what you, you <laughs> yes. know, you, you hit something, it's got the opposite and uh, yes. equal reaction. So yes. that pendulum swing. Do you think it's like, because it's interesting because, like, will it ever swing back the other way as far so, to then give you, in the commercial world, because we're yes. talking about cap, cap rates, to give you that recession and the deep recession?
0: Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. Cap rates are a function of a lot of things. One of them is actually sentiment, mm-hmm. um, one of them is interest rates, yep. and there's a couple of other things too. Um, and so, interest rates may not quite affect the cap rate as much because in my opinion, they probably won't be able to get quite as high. Certainly they won't get back quite as high and eventually they're gonna to have to come down again. Yep. And so interest, so it's so in a weird way interest rates are actually um, helping the cause of it, the pendulum not swinging back quite as much as maybe a, a previous cycle. Yep. Uh, but sentiment, you know, I, I think that if I had to, if you had to, if you asked me the question, what is gonna cause this recession? Yep. My number one guess, which is a very a dangerous thing to guess, <laughs> is corporate debt is going to just hit a wall. Okay. And if you look at it that way, corporate corporations failing, and having bankruptcy will lead to a lot of commercial real estate problems. Not necessarily multifamily, but other asset classes. Those asset classes are are really the ones that are possibly gonna be most exposed. And so you add that back into a cap rate. And so, you know, there's a lot of factors, but I really think that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of components, but I do feel like there's a lot of reason to think that the pendulum is gonna swing. It may not, so I guess my answer is, it may not quite get to, let's say a mobile home park, may not get to a 10 to 13, but it might get to a nine. Right, you right. Know, so which it's is not it's that gonna far swing, off. It's gonna... Which is not that far off from where it was before. More importantly though, it's, it's a pretty long swing back. Yes. Right, maybe not quite as to where it was, but pretty long swing back still.
1: Okay, so, so I don't wanna keep much more of your time because we I know you're a busy man here at the conference, but in one sentence, Uh, advice to investors out there right now looking at the economy go (laughs)
0: it's what I tell everybody which is just be very careful right especially if you're new great time to learn yep Um, dangerous time to invest unless you really understand what you're getting into and you've looked at all the downside risks you have assumed rents can go down you're not taking a crazy loan to value you've looked at the downside scenarios realistically fine but otherwise I you know I'm very low risk, risk, as you mentioned. So my advice is to sit on the sidelines unless it's an absolute no-brainer. And and if you are learning right now, just take your time. Great time to learn. You're not missing out on much while you're learning. (laughs) So it's unfortunately true.
1: Jeremy, where can people reach you that want to continue the conversation, sure. ask you a bit more questions because you clearly, I could be speaking to you for hours on yeah. end. You know, we've only got yeah, a short yeah. period of time here. So but where, where can they go?
0: Yeah, so um, best thing to do is just email me. I'm happy to help anybody and network with anybody. Um, so uh, email is jroll, which is J-R-O-L-L, at Roll Investments, which is R O L L investments with an S or plural, dot com. So JRoll at Roll Investments.com is, is the
1: best way to reach me. Perfect. Yeah. Well, mate, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's the first, the second live show we've done. You provide some incredible advice. Um, for all those investors out there, if you do have questions for Jeremy, make sure you do hit him up. He's a he's knowledgeable, very, very knowledgeable man and you're very giving of your time. So thank you so much. Um, we're going to do this all again next week. So take care, be safe, and remember, happy investing.